Welcome to Personal Financial Strategy, the podcast, a podcast wholly devoted to you and your relationship with money, bringing expertise to bear on how you earn, invest, and spend your hard-earned cash. I'm your host, Tony King, and today we welcome a special guest to the podcast, Dion Payne. Dion is an author as well as a speaker. She speaks on the topics of ethical property investing, affordable housing, and ending homelessness. She is the CEO and founder of High Impact Property Investments, where they specialize in connecting investors with double-digit returns and projects that provide affordable homes, build communities, and provide inclusive homes for people with disabilities. Welcome to the Personal Financial Strategy Podcast, Dion. Thank you, Tony. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, thank you so much for making the time for us today. I'm so interested in your in your line of work. I just think you have a unique take on uh, uh, real estate investment, which you know everybody's talking about all the time. And uh, I just love your approach to it. And we'll get into that in just a second. But I want our listeners always are curious as to where our guests live and work. Okay, well, I live in Australia. I live in a little, it's called the biggest little town in Australia. It's a location called Mullumbimby. And it's about two hours south of Brisbane and about nine hours north of Sydney. Okay, so let's see, it's the afternoon in Phoenix, Arizona today, but it's the early morning where you That's are. That's right. Correct? That's right. Yeah, yeah. Great. On the next day. Yeah, on the next day. Gosh. <laughs> so it's March 22nd where you are. It's That's oh, right. March 22nd, 21st here. That's so wild. That's, I mean, <laughs> this, I, I, I still haven't gotten over this whole Zoom ability to just, just cross the date line and interact and have communication and a conversation. Anyway, that's just me. What I'd like to do Dion, uh, as I'd like to hear your story, I'd like, if you could, please just give us the ramp up to what you're devoting your life to today. Oh, sure thing. Okay. Well, uh, to tell that story, I kind of really need to tell about where I come from. And so I'm the eldest of six children. Um, I was born into a family of, um, of Christians. Uh, so our my early life and, and what I can remember about my early life was that it was very much about community. It was very much about being part of a church community. And I, even though they were not blood relations, I had aunties and uncles everywhere. So um, being part of that church community as well was a lot about service and, and helping other people, you know, and it, it didn't matter, you know, what we had, there was always enough to go around and there was always enough to share. And there was always that, part of our life has been taking care of other people. So that's kind of where I've got my service ethic from very much, you know, sort of being part of that community. My mum and my nan were very involved in that community and property wasn't even on my radar. I remember saying to my mum, because my mum's a nurse and I remember saying to her, I want to be a nurse just like you. And she said, Oh no, 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 you don't want to do that. You want to be a doctor. <laughs> they get paid more. <laughs> <laughs> So then I set my sights on becoming a doctor and um, I didn't work hard enough in my last two years of high school to become a doctor, to get the qualifications for that. But I did end up going to university and studying pharmaceutical chemistry, which then led me into the pharmaceutical industry, then led me into the natural products chemistry field. And I ended up doing a PhD in natural products chemistry in Australia. That was an interesting, it, it was a fantastic 
fantastic line of study. I really enjoyed it, really, really, really enjoyed it. Um, but then after I finished, I did feel a little bit disillusioned with the system. Uh, so I loved the research, but the system of, it was basically publish or perish. And there was a lot of pressure, a lot of competition. And I just knew that I personally wasn't going to thrive in that. Um, so I had a break. I was in my early 30s at that point, And I thought, well, it's either go down this academic route or have kids. So I chose to have kids. So then we were in a position where I was uh, at home with my babies. I had two children. My husband was working. We were on one income and we wanted to buy a property. And um, in the area that we lived at the time, it just wasn't affordable on, on one income. Um, we were both very keen to find out, well, what what ways can we get into property? If we learn about property, then maybe we'll find a creative way to get involved in property and, and then be able to purchase our home. Um, so we did. So we did a couple of courses and, and the very first course that we did, we found a joint venture partner. Um, he, he had lots of cash, but not the time to deliver a project. And we had lots of time, but no cash to deliver a project. So that, that sort of matchmaking part of it was where I first really got to grips with, well, this is the power of money. And if you don't have it, then you can work with other people that do. So that, that project was, um, was successful. We made money and we just, you know, it was, it was hard work. It was a renovation and a subdivision of a property. So the renovation side of it, I remember there were quite a lot of late nights, sanding and, you know, all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the end of it, it just felt really fulfilling because we put the work in and we could see the fruits of our labor in a you know in a financial check and so that that just got us started and we did a couple more projects and they were quite small um but then I got I just kept walking past this shopping center and opposite the shopping center was a vacant piece of land and um I knew how to do a business case around these kind of projects so I did that and realized that you know it, it was a piece of land that had development approval for 14 one bedroom townhouses. Really? Um, yeah. Yeah. And so it was a big step up from what I was yeah, doing before, yeah. but you know, I've got the business case. I brought in some joint venture partners and off we went to create that project. Now I, when we started, I mean, I knew it was affordable housing, but I wasn't very, you know, it's just like, Oh, well, it doesn't matter. It's just, it's housing. We're going to make money. That's the most important thing. Um, but the, the key thing that changed for me was when I, I just needed to make sure that there was going to be a market for it because it was quite an unusual project and an, an unusual product on the market. And so I put a Facebook post out to you know, my, my community of friends and, and also put an ad in the real estate. The, the real estate agent did that for me. And the very first person that responded was a friend of mine. And she said, you know, I'd love to be part of this because if I don't, I can't afford to stay in this location. And like the prices were just too high. So then it became personal mm-hmm. and it became not just, a, okay, I'm going to make some money out of this. It's like, oh, well, I'm doing something for my friends. And then sort of really looking into, well, what's happening in the community? It was like, oh gosh, this is something that's really important for the community as well. So there's quite a, a I'm going to say a weight on my shoulders. Not, not that I felt that way. I actually felt quite excited throughout the project. But there was quite a responsibility. And so when mm-hmm. it got tricky, and it did because the builder went broke and, and you know, sort of joint venture partner relationships disintegrated. But, at the you know, it, there was that motivation to keep going because there was that importance to the community. And one of the key things was that we engaged the builder in the September and by the December, all of the pro- properties were sold, all of the townhouses were sold. 
So we knew that there was a need um, in the community and we could have sold that project maybe three or four times over. Um, so it was that combination of there being a need for it, um, a way that we could make money and, and we'd done the numbers and we knew that we we're going to be well rewarded for it, but also a way to service the community as well um, by providing yeah. something that wasn't actually there. So that's where I got my first taste of um, investing in affordable housing. In that project as well, there were the, the um, builder, and unbeknownst to me, he just organised all, all of the materials, but he'd organised the cladding and the decking and the fencing to be in this recycled material. So mm. it's a mixture, it's a plastic composite, a mixture of plastic and, and rice husks and other kind of vegetable matter. Um, but it just looked so stylish and, and, you know, sort of you step away and look at it and it just looks really amazing and contemporary. And, um, you know, that was that was another key moment because sustainability, even though I had an interest in sustainability, that wasn't front and foremost of my mind at that point. And it wasn't front and foremost of my mind in that property um, development space. But knowing that we even in that really small way, we could do something that had an impact environmentally. That was really cool too. So it was a combination of, you know, serving the community, um, incorporating some sustainability features in there um, that made me go, well, if I can be well, well rewarded for this, this is absolutely the way that we have to continue. Wow. So it was, uh, it sounds like a journey. It sounds like a process. It was, it was, <laughs> it was a real journey. Um, but then on the back of that, so, I mean, like I mentioned, there were some difficulties, um, you know, I'd, after the fallout with my joint venture partners, it took me a long time to trust people and to want to collaborate with people again because it was it was quite a it was quite a dark night of the soul moment and um, that one um, yeah. and you know the interesting thing there was that I could see what I could see what I'd done uh -huh. I could see that I could see that I hadn't actually been working in alignment with my values there were lots of red flags that came up between you know the builder and one of the joint venture partners and I didn't call it out like I didn't because I was going to benefit from it even though I was like oh that feels a bit icky because yeah. I was going to benefit from it I just let it go um, and I realized after that that actually if I'd have called it out at the time and been true to my values then mm -hmm. we could have avoided that um, so I could see what I did. And, you know, that, that's not to take away from what the builder did or what the joint venture partner did. We all had our roles to play. But I could just see the, like you said, the journey. There was a personal development journey as part of this, as well as a property development journey as well. Right, right. That, boy, that's fascinating. And um, I, I think I, what I find so interesting about it is um, its departure from kind of traditional investment approaches. Um, you know, investment, I don't hear investment and values in the same sentence very often. And that, that's a shame, but um, it, it just isn't there. And I, I you know, I, I, I noticed this long ago, you know, I'm not the youngest <laughs> person on the internet, but um I noticed a, a while ago that the world of investing seems, I don't want to, I don't want to be too doom and gloom here, but uh, values just seem very far away for the most part, when you're just talking investment people, I, I mean, the conversation just gets um, crowded by 
return on investment, ROI, ROI. That's, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and, you know, I, I've seen it start to creep in just recently, honestly. Um, and um, when, and the environmentalists are the people that are helping us think this way. Um, you know, I'm, uh, I've just, uh, you know, in the last, I'm going to say five years, I've heard the question of, uh, it's more of a consumer question than it is an investment question, but consumerism and ethical responsibility in the same sentence, which uh, again, in, in the not too distant past, those two things didn't really, uh, you know, you had a need and you bought whatever you needed to satisfy that need. And uh, you weren't really cons concerned about it. And, you know, we see it with we see that question being asked of some fairly large, well uh, entrenched companies today, and and uh, even even in with the global conflict going on right now, I mean, there's there are people thinking about, gee, do I really want to invest or send, you know, have support? Uh, an economy or a country that maybe doesn't carry the same values as I do. And I, I think I just find it, uh, well, first of all, I find it right. I find it, I, I, I think living with misalignment in your life is, is difficult um, and that it's really important. Um, and I'm, I'm a little bit new to the party here. So I, you know, <laughs> um, I'm, I, I'm, maybe for the first time in my life, starting to think about those things, starting to think, okay, does this really align with who I am and what is important to me and the way I, uh, the way I live my life. And so I find it very intriguing. And first of all, in, in, in real estate, I mean, real estate, it's grow, 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 sell, 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 grow, 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 sell, sell, sell. And uh, um, I, and honestly, I, you know, just being candid, I've never heard of the concept of an ethical framework um, that would deliver a triple bottom line. You're the first person that kind of spoke to me about that. So I wonder if you'd expound on that a little bit. Absolutely. And, and look, as you were talking, um, there were some points that you mentioned that I think would be good expanding on as well. So um we haven't always been thinking about this. Our, our primary motivation for a long time has been about profit. Um, and I think it was Milton Friedman um, in the 70s said, the primary purpose of business is to make profit for its shareholders. So that's been our predominant way of thinking for a long sure. time. Um, and so it doesn't matter, you know, or in the past, it hasn't mattered. The fallout from that is just being, okay, well, we've got to grow. We've got to do this. But what we're seeing, I think, is just a bit of a collective shift and a bit of an evolution in, in the way that we live and the way that we think, which I think is really cool. And this is, this is, just, this is just, you know, life, you know, we were, we were cavemen, there's been an evolution, you know, to now, sure. and this is, this is a continuance of that evolution. So, you know, it doesn't surprise me that we're moving towards this way. And, and what I find is that actually... It's not exclusive to millennials, but the millennials do seem to be leading the charge because, and I think a lot of that is to do with the fact that they look at, you know, the, the baby boomers and the generation X's and the people that have come before them. 
and um, think, well, you know, you haven't done a great job of this and, and we've got to live with the consequences of this. So, um, you know, we want to work for companies that are ethical. We want to um, invest our money in things that we believe in that are going to make the world better. Um, and, and the other thing to say around that is that we actually, as consumers, as investors, we actually have a lot of power um, based on where we choose to spend our money and where we choose to invest our money. Um, and sometimes we we give away that power because we don't think that we have any. Um, but I think that the, the central message to the book, Ethical Property Investing, is that if we exercise that power, we can actually create the world that we want to see. And whether that's the world or whether that's the community, you know, let's start small. Let's see, you know, what do we want to create in our family? What do we want to create in our communities? What do we want to create in our countries? What do we want to create in the world? And it all has a ripple effect, which is really important. Agreed. Agreed. I love, I love your idea of starting, starting locally, starting with your community and, and building from there. I wonder if you would give me the little definition of triple bottom line. Oh, sure. So it's um, for me, I, I don't know what the, the like, you know, Oxford English dictionary definition is. Um, but for me, triple bottom line is investing in a way that you do get profit, but you look after people and you look after the planet as well. Okay, good. That makes and sense. You don't, you don't have to sacrifice anything. Yeah. yeah. It, it's a freeing concept. It is. It is indeed. I bet I, I still think that today you have to look for those opportunities. They're not, they're not hanging out there on the wire. I mean, um, and so people have to look for um, companies such as yours that hold the values and lead with the values, um, but still deliver on the bottom line. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, when I, when I talk to investors, the sort of the concerns that they have are that they definitely want to have their money working for them. Um, so, you know, we can see the cost of living increasing. I don't know what fuel is like for you in the U S but in Australia, it's just hit two, it's like $2.20 a litre. That is outrageous. It, it yeah. was only six weeks ago that it was, you know, it was, you know, heading towards $2, but then it jumped and it hasn't, come back down yeah. so um you know you go to the supermarket you buy a basket of food i'm paying more for a basket of food now than i was a year ago so yeah. you know we are seeing the impacts of inflation and our money has to be able to outpace that or else we're going backwards so that is a very real um situation that many of us are living through today so you know our money has to work for us um but investors do want to be um investing in alignment with their values so and it's it's that thing where you know you you know that you're you know that you can be part of the solution, but you just don't know how. So that's that's the journey that we take people on in, in high impact property investments. We we partner them with developers that have that really great track record that have been through a number of cycles where, um, you know that they've seen the booms, they've seen the busts, and they're a lot more risk aware. In some cases, risk averse, um, than somebody who has you know, is just seeing the boom and is going along for the ride because that boom ends. Um, and if you don't know how to manage that, then you can get yourself in a lot of trouble. Um, so that, that's, you know, that's part of our way of, of ensuring those double digit returns. And um, also working with developers that are really aware of the investment risks and how to mitigate them and can have can find creative solutions for them. 
that's really important. And also having a strong collaboration, a group of collaboration partners, because property development in and of itself is a huge beast. And you need yes. to have people that are committed on all aspects of that and not just there for the paycheck, but actually there to deliver the outcomes that um, that you signed up to deliver. So um, all of it is is really is really important. And you did ask about the ethical framework a little while ago. Those those mm-hmm. are sort of really key things that make sure that as investors they can get the the double digit returns, invest in alignment with their values, and and be a part of the solution um, that we're seeing for some of these really challenging issues in the world. Well, Dion, um, I'm going to ask you uh, what. The- what the scope of your company is. I mean, do you, do you only take on projects or, or assemble projects in Australia or are you an international company? We're an international company. Um, and um, the, the reason I was smiling about that is that we've just launched our new website, um, which is Hippie Global. So it's H-I-P-I dot global. And that's really to reflect that we are a, an international company we have operations in the us in australia and we're looking to expand in the uk as well great great uh could you tell us is is that the best way to get in touch with you if someone would would like to uh have a further discussion with you yeah absolutely i i encourage people to go and explore the website um on the website the you'll see articles that we've written videos that we've created um, podcasts as well like links to podcasts and um, written a book ethical property investing so you can find that on there as well um, and there's also a little quiz that we do it's called the scorecard so if somebody wants to find out how likely they are to achieve double digit returns through ethical property investing they can take that quiz oh that's fantastic okay well um, give give us the website one more time Yep, www.hipi.global. No dot com, just dot global. Dot global. Okay, fantastic, fantastic. (laughs) Well, Dion, thank you. Anthony, just just for your listeners, I I would just like to um, give them something special. For anybody that contacts me, I will send them a free copy of my book, Ethical Property Investing. Fantastic. Fantastic. Thank you so much for that. I appreciate that. And I hope, you, I hope you're overwhelmed with requests. You have to print up some more books. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so too. The most important thing for me is that, you know, through property, it's one of the biggest things that happens, you know, in our society. We all have to have a home. Um, and property really has the power to transform lives. It has the power to end homelessness. And that's what I'm on a mission to do. So the more people read the book and get the message that you can have it all, you can have double digit returns, you can, um, you know, solve the homelessness crisis, you can solve the the climate crisis through property. um, And you can be, you know, you can be investing in alignment with your values as well. The more people understand that, the better. Well, Dion, let me repeat your website one more time. It's hipi.global.com. Oh, not .com. Sorry. Not .com. Just stop, stop it right there. See, now yep. I've messed it up enough times to where no one will forget it. <laughs> there. And uh, anybody requesting through the website, um, making contact through the website and mention the personal financial strategy podcast can expect a, a free book. And I'm, I'm, I was joking when I said, you'll have to print up more. I'm sure it's a PDF, no doubt. Oh no, I'll send a physical copy. Oh, will you really? Okay. Yeah. 
it's a long ways away. <laughs> it's a long ways away, but Amazon is amazing and it um, has oh Amazon distribution okay. yeah, all over the yeah. world. Oh, yeah, they're fine. Okay, Dion. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story with us today. Appreciate you making time for us and we wish you the best. And until next time, strategists, keep on strategizing. <laughs>